visiting, if you're here with family, if you're here to celebrate Mother's Day. Um, just, I think I need to start by issuing um, just some advice to some of the chaps here. Um, firstly, it's Mothering Sunday today. If, if that happened to bypass you at any point this week, it's still time. You can save the day. Uh, a little survival guide for you. Number one, there are two supermarkets on Northfields Avenue that will be selling flowers and chocolate. They'll be open till four. You probably want to get there sooner rather than later. The second thing is the invention of the telephone. That makes a really big difference. If you ring your mum today uh, or, or something like that, that will help. That will cover your tracks, give you a day or two's grace to get a card in the post. First class tomorrow will get there Tuesday and that will probably mean you'll be okay. So just to give you that now, uh, if you're feeling a little bit hot under the collar and thinking, goodness me, I've forgotten, uh, what are we going to do? There's some helpful hints and tips just to get started. And today is Mothering Sunday. Uh, Mother's Day is this more commonly known, uh, a festival that the church has celebrated throughout her history. Um, when we celebrate mothers uh, and motherhood, um, a day when we, for some, we gather the family together, you know, dads and kids will pamper mum, breakfast in bed, a nice cooked lunch, uh, and all those kind of things. Um, we celebrate our mums, and let's today celebrate mums and motherhood. For my mum, uh, she had to take on a number of job descriptions and roles that included a cleaning company, taxi service, uh, even a fisherwoman. And that is a great sacrifice for anyone to endure. Um, but today, there's a slight issue of conflict in our family uh, in that it's, I'm a Wolverhampton Wanderers supporter. I know we're not supposed to talk about football on Mother's Day, but I support Wolves and my mum supports Manchester United. I'm not going to phone my mum today. Because I feel that that could go slightly wrong. But anyway, so my mum, and she's even been to watch Wolves play, she sacrificed so much for me. So I'm going to celebrate my mum today uh, and give her a call later on. But you know, in the midst of the celebration, in the midst of giving thanks and, uh, and, and loving our mums, it's really important to acknowledge and remember that for some of us, it's a difficult day. It's not an easy day. You know, for some, we no longer have our mothers around with us. Uh, we might have never really known our mother or feel alienated from our parents. And that can make it a day tinged with sadness. And for some of us, we long to be a mum, but we haven't been able to for whatever reason that might be. And we might feel that more acutely today. And for some of us, find being a parent or a mum really tricky for whatever reason that might be. Maybe you're on your own in parenting children or grieving the loss of a child. Today can be a hard day, and I want to acknowledge that and say, I hope today that nothing I say will be insensitive, and if it is, please forgive me. But just to say that we're all invited today into God's family. Wherever we find ourselves this morning, we are welcome and we're included. If we've wandered away or feel far from God this morning, he calls us home. And my prayer for us today is that we will experience his welcome, know his love, know his, his enjoyment, his embrace of us and his love for us. So why don't we take a moment just to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for our mums. Thank you for all they mean to us, all they've done for us, all they give to us. May we know something of your motherly care for us today. And as we look at Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, would you inspire us and speak to each of us? In your name we pray. Amen. 
And as I said, Mary, um, the early church, when they celebrated this festival uh, of Mothering Sunday, they would take time to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. That would be a day when they would focus on her and remember her role in the gospel stories and in the life of Jesus. And obviously Mary has a crucial role in the life of Jesus in that she's his mum. And her story reminds us to celebrate mums, to be thankful for their love, care and sacrifice. But what do we know about Mary and who she was? Well, we've had the reading from Luke chapter 1. We know that Mary was a woman of great faith and tremendous courage. Mary was utterly committed to her son Jesus in every circumstance. And Mary had a deep faith that came from contemplating, from reflecting and thinking deeply uh, about the various things and events that she saw. So starting, Mary was a woman of great courage. How many of us can point to our mums or think at times in our lives we've needed to show great courage. Um, Mary was a young woman when she had this visitation from the angel Gabriel. In all likelihood she was a teenager, uh, her marriage already arranged to Joseph and suddenly she has this dramatic encounter uh, with the angel Gabriel and he has a startling announcement for her. She's chosen by God to bear the Messiah Jesus. Mary's response to this It's probably the response that any of us would have. Confusion, fear, and distress. And I think that's fairly understandable, really, in Mary's life. You know, at that point, she thinks life is panned out as she thought it would be. She's got a husband or a fiancé she's going to marry. Her future looks great. And suddenly, uh, the angel breaks in and brings her this message. And we know that although she was young, uh, she still knew where babies came from. And she knew that she couldn't be pregnant. I'm a virgin, she said. How can I give birth to a son? But she does seem to have grasped something of the costly nature uh, of this call. And she knew that that would be, mean being misunderstood. She knew that that would mean being maligned by others. Uh, and it was a cost. It was a big deal for her. But she accepts this cost with this incredible statement. I am the Lord's servant, she says, and I'm willing to accept whatever he wants May everything you have said come true. The angel reminds Mary that nothing is impossible for God. Because we know many of us are presented with challenging circumstances in life. Maybe we face bereavement or loss. We've lost our mum. Maybe we're trying to raise our children on our own. Um, Maybe we're longing to be a mum or a dad. Um, Maybe we're dealing with illness or disappointment or whatever it might be. And Each of these situations can bring those similar emotions, can't it, of confusion, fear, and distress. But God comes to remind us, uh, in this story through the angel Gabriel, that we can have courage, like Mary, because he is with us, and nothing is impossible for him. No situation uh, that we face is impossible for him uh, to sort out, to work through. Nothing is impossible for God. And Mary's choice uh, to obey God, despite the cost, just showed that tremendous courage. And it was her deep faith and trust in God that brought about this courage. She trusted that God was in control, that God is good, that his plans are perfect, and that he will provide. And the Bible doesn't know faith as simply a feeling. It sees faith as an action. And I think the word trust is a great way of explaining that and unpicking that. Mary put her trust in God. She lent her weight on him. 
Um, and I want to say this morning, if fear is hammering at your door, if the week ahead, be it as a parent, as a mum, as a son or a daughter, if fear is hammering at your door, you're worried about what this week holds, I believe God wants you to know that he is with you and that nothing is impossible for him. I think God is inviting us today to put our trust again in him. He will bring courage to face whatever may come. Mary was a woman of courage. And that courage brought a commitment to her son, Jesus. I don't know about you, but um, the, more, the longer I'm a Christian, I feel like the less I seem to know about who God is. It feels like I explore more and there's even more to find. I don't know if that's your experience, but it's certainly mine. And it's clear that Mary didn't always understand or get her son. How many mums can understand that? I just don't really get my children. I I haven't spoken to my mum this week before I did this talk because there would be too many times when she'd be able to tell you stories of how she didn't understand me, know what I was thinking. Because as a teenage boy, we have two noises. It's a grunt and a sigh. I don't know if you've come across that, but the grunt generally is negative and the sigh is less negative. Maybe some of you aren't like me, but that's kind of how I communicated for probably 15 to 20 years of my life. Um, it's, it's been great to come here and break out of that a little bit. Um, but, you know, Mary didn't get Jesus. She didn't understand him all the time. We, we know the story of, um, of Jesus at the temple uh, at the age of 12, and they've gone to celebrate Passover and... Uh, And Jesus disappears for three days. Now, I'm not sure how it's possible to disappear for three days from your mum, particularly when you're a 12-year-old boy. But he seems to manage it. And his parents are frantic and they go back to Jerusalem. They're looking for him and they find him in the temple. And and he's debating and, and discussing kind of deep kind of theological issues with Jewish rabbis, just like any other 12-year-old would do. And, and he, Mary does what every mother would do when your son has got lost. Well, maybe three days is a long time, but just imagine the kind of concept. She explodes with a mixture of relief, but incredible frustration. Unfortunately, the relief doesn't come out. It's just the frustration. Where on earth have you been? I can imagine, I'm paraphrasing somewhat, but the frustration she feels with her son. Where have you been? Did, how could you do this to us? Now Mary knows she's been told by the angel, by prophecies, by people that this is the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who's to come. But Mary didn't always get it. She didn't always make sense of it. For some of us, when it comes to faith, we don't always get it. We don't always understand it. We don't have all the answers. And sometimes we feel frustrated with God. God, where are you in the midst of this? How could you do this to me? Any of you ever asked that question? How could you do this to me? How could I be in this situation? How could I be left on my own for three days when I most needed you? Where were you, God? But in the midst of that confusion, Mary chose two things. One, that she took hold of those memories and she reflected on them. She was determined to learn more about God from her experience. Learn more about who her son was. But also, she never wavered in her commitment to him. She was committed to his cause as a mother and as a disciple, as a follower. And so when Jesus was, uh, was uh, on the cross being crucified, Mary, his mother, was with him. No one else was there. A few relatives and John, the, the only disciple that stayed, she refused to leave. And she experienced every parent's worst nightmare to lose her child. But she was committed. She was committed in the face of grief, of frustration, of misunderstanding, of persecution. 
of rejection, of hardship, of rebuke. She stayed with him when Jesus was rejected by many people, including his own brothers and sisters. She didn't require all of the answers to keep going. She just did. What an example of faith she is. And for some of us, or maybe in our culture, we point out that this God of personal choice is worship today. You know, we don't want to limit ourselves or commit because we always want to keep our options open. And Mary goes right in the face of that. Um, Sometimes we feel we don't want to be tied down or limited, but we miss out on life and life to the full that Jesus offers by just keeping our options open, by just not committing too much, by not giving our all. It's a lovely little phrase, and I can't remember where it came, came from, but, but it's this. It's that we can have just enough of Jesus to be miserable unless he has all of us and we have all of him. I found that a profoundly challenging statement and something I want to reflect on more. You know, if we don't commit in our friendships, we, we miss out on the depth and the joy of those things. Maybe we're worried that if we have to leave, we'll, it'll be too painful. Maybe we're worried if we get too committed, we'll find it hard uh, to just look after ourselves, to care for our own needs. But Mary shows that commitment uh, brings a great reward, even if sometimes the cost is high. You know, if we're we're parents, if we're mums today, we've made a commitment to be a good parent through the good and the hard times. If we're married and we've Uh, We've made a commitment to our spouse through the highs and the lows because commitment brings contentment. If you're discontented today with your relationships, with your relationship with God, I'm not judging, but maybe we need to ask the question, how committed are we? Have we got a get out clause? Are we thinking if things don't work, I'm, I'm off? Commitment brings contentment. And we need to be like Mary. We need to be committed to God. We can be miserable if we have a bit of him. He wants all of us, and we need all of him, and we need to be committed to our relationships. Mary was a woman of contemplation. She treasured those things in her heart. Uh, She kept that scrapbook of diaries and events, and any parents here keep scrapbooks of your children. Nowadays, it's all on our computers, isn't it? It's the the photos and the films and and those things that we look back to and and kind of treasure, and... and, um, and still in our case, my parents have photo albums. And every time I go to my parents' house now, I walk into the downstairs loo. And it's kind of like a sort of mural of, of photos. And I always try and find the new one that I've not seen yet. Usually something embarrassing that's come out um, and I didn't know about in the first place. But, you know, we all keep those memories, don't we? Um, and I think, again, I've come back to that story in the temple. Mary, the passage tells us that after she'd kind of blown her lid at Jesus because he'd left her, she thought, It says that she took that memory and she stored it in her heart and she thought on it deeply. And maybe for us in the frustration of life, maybe we've felt frustrated with God or maybe we're unsure or uncertain about whether God exists. Maybe we just take those things and we contemplate and we reflect on them and we think deeply. You know, superficiality is the curse of our age. We flip from one thing to the next and Mary tells us, think deeply deeply reflect deeply on things i think the event of the temple was really important in mary's growing understanding of who jesus was actually that she didn't know everything about him Um, i think as she contemplated this event and the many other things i'm sure she saw and experienced that it was like for her she was connecting the dots 
Um, and the full picture of who Jesus really was, his identity as the Son of God, as the Savior of the world, was beginning to be formed. And perhaps for you today, maybe you're at that place of trying to join the dots. What is this Jesus really like? Who really is he? Uh, maybe you've been around church or around St. Paul's or, or wherever it might be, other Christians in your family or your uh, workplace, and, and, and you've been contemplating and thinking over, who is this Jesus really? We don't need to know everything or to have all our answers sorted. We can be like Mary and put our trust in him, even though we might not know everything about him. And maybe today it's a time to put our trust again in him. Maybe it's something we had once and and we've fallen away. But maybe there's, there's an invitation, I think, today for us to go, God, you know, I don't understand it all. And quite frankly, I'm wondering where you've been but I'm going to put my trust in you today. However faltering, however incomplete that feels, but I'm going to start or continue that journey of faith today. And finally, just want to go back to that, um, that scene of Jesus dying on a cross with his mother in front of him. I think the closeness of their relationship is captured most in that moment. Jesus ensures that she, uh, at this time almost certainly a widow, uh, is cared for by his closest friends. Jesus makes provision for his mum. You know, we're to make provision for our family. We're to look to our family. Um, For for us, we moved to London uh, nine months ago, and and, uh, whereas before we'd always been within an hour hour and a bit's drive of my parents and and, and Nell's family, and and now it's a longer drive. And it's made me realise the importance of of committing to family. Jesus made provision for his mum. We must for our families too. By this time, Mary knew who Jesus was. She'd, I think she'd come to an understanding, and we know that following his death and his resurrection, Mary's part of the early church. We see that in the book of Acts. But she knew who he was, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Messiah. And that's why she followed him to the cross faithfully. That's why she continued his work afterwards. You know, in three weeks' time, we remember Jesus' death on the cross for us. But not because he was just another guy who died. Not because he, he was just so much more than that. Um, the crowd had turned against him, the disciples had left him, the soldiers had beaten him, and strangers were hurling abuse at him. But but his mum was still there because he was more than just a criminal being crucified. He died that we might be forgiven. He prayed with one of his last breaths, Father, forgive them, they know not what they're doing. He died that we might know hope for the future, that on this earth we'd know him with us and we'd walk into eternity with him. And he died that we would come back to God and join his family. So to finish, Mary was a woman of incredible faith and courage and inspiration to us if we're mums, if we're dads, if we're sons, if we're daughters. She was willing to accept the challenging calling that God gave her to be the mother of the Messiah, the Son of God. This faith and courage led to her deep commitment to Jesus as both a disciple and as a mother. And her faith grew as she reflected on the experiences and the frustrations and the difficulties that she had. Today, as we look at Mary's life, let's celebrate our mums. Let's give thanks to God for them. Let's remember their care, their love, their sacrifice, and how much of God they reflect to us. You know, Mary, as a mother and disciple, was cared for in the family of God. Psalm 68 tells us this, that God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, and he sets the lonely in a family. 
If you know someone who's lonely today, why not invite them for lunch? Um, Jonathan and Brie Lostis are hosting Into Lunch today. They would love to invite you to lunch. If you're here, want to meet more people, get to know others, be part of the family today, they would love to meet you at the back. Is Jonathan here? He's just over there. Great. Jonathan would love to say hi to you afterwards. Um, but the, min- the, the kind of invitation is for us today. Are we part of God's family? Do we feel left out and lonely? Do we feel like we're not included? That there's no one there for us? Is today a day of struggle? of hardship, of challenge, we're invited to follow Jesus. We're invited to be like Mary, to know him deeply, to stay with him faithfully, and to know him with us wherever we go. Let's stand. I want us to pray.